This is Junkyard Divas, the Halloween series with Elizabeth Ebersol and Trevor George. <laughs> Well, Elizabeth, it's our spooky Halloween series. Ooh, I'm scared. It's been the long-awaited Halloween series we've been dying to do. Yes, literally dying to do. Elizabeth's dead over there. You okay? Yeah, I'm pretty much dead. I'm... Living the dream. (laughs) I've been working like three weeks straight with like no days off. And then on top of it, like, I go to work and then record, so it's like I'm working, like, double, triple shift some days. So, you know, same old, same old shit. Well, today's exciting because we have a new friend on. Her name's Laura, and she's friends with our friend Lizzie, who's been on several times, and she's coming on to talk about her sleep paralysis stories, which sleep paralysis actually terrifies me. I've never experienced that, but I never want to. It sounds awful. Same. I have heard some stories from like other people and I have just always been so afraid to ever experience that. Yeah, I never want to experience that. Well, before we get into it, though, I just want to say um, thanks for checking us out for all these 33 episodes, I believe which is crazy. Check out the Vintage Millennial, the podcast I edit for with my friend Brian. Check out the Rewind with our friend Dana Jones. And also check out our dear friend Simon's show, Pod Pod. And we were on there recently talking alpacas. So before we talk to Laura, I just kind of want to ask you, what has been one of the spookiest like sleep stories you've ever had? Like, was it like the spookiest dream or like even out of a dream? Like when you're just sleeping, what was the spookiest thing that's ever happened to you? I honestly had one last night. So creepy. I, you know how I sleep and I wake up in the middle of the night and like, will like check my phone because like, I want to see what time it is and how close to my alarm it is. And if I can go back to sleep because I have like the shades that like darken your room. So I never know like what time it is, <laughs> which is kind of great. Um, But last night I like woke up and I had how I was facing, I was facing like directly to where my open door was and I could see in the hallway. And I was like laying there and I was like, it like looked like someone had like a flashlight and was walking down the hallway. Cause like it kept like moving a little bit and I could like see like the shadow of the light. Well then I like was like, okay, this is really weird. So I like could turn completely towards the door to see like what the hell was going on. And my eyes were just like blurry. And I was like, I know I need glasses, but my eyes are not normally that blurry. And so I like did a quick check of my phone to see like what time it was and I was going to turn my flashlight on if I needed to. And I then looked at the door and like everything was normal. And I was like, what the fuck? And I like even turned my flashlight on for like a hot second. And I was like, what is going on? So I don't know if I was like still kind of like dreaming. And maybe you had sleep paralysis, (laughs) but I was able to move. So I don't think true. 
But you so still, like, one of the things about sleep paralysis, though, is you're in between sleeping and dreaming. So mm-hmm. you're not fully asleep and you're not fully conscious. So maybe you experienced something like that. Maybe. Or, like, maybe my eyes just hadn't, like, fully mm-hmm. did their thing. But I was, like, very, like, petrified that somebody had, like, broken into our, my house. And I was, like, about to start crying. And then, like, I was literally, like, about to dial Aaron and be, like, babe, I need you to, like, call the police. Or I was, like, I'm going to be calling the police, but I need you to know that I love you. Because something might, bad might happen. But luckily uh, nothing did. Someone's dramatic. I am very dramatic. How have you not figured this out yet? <laughs> I never said I didn't figure those out. I'm just pointing out facts for people who don't know you. Girl, everybody that listens to us knows that I'm super dramatic. That's not true. We could have we could have new guests or new people listening. Okay, very true. Anybody who has listened to the salsa story knows that I'm dramatic. And p- very paranoid. Very paranoid. I'm very paranoid, especially when I'm sleeping or like nighttime. I'm pretty much fully aware that i'm dramatic but i'm pretty much sure that somebody's gonna break into my house at any point in time and like i always freak out about it um but yeah no so that was one moment but i've had others and we don't have to go like i used to have a reoccurring nightmare when i was a child and i think i've told you this story but it used to scare the shit out of me like i slept in my parents bedroom every night because of this reoccurring nightmare to explain it so i had this dream and it happened every single night when i was i was probably like five or six and i don't know how long it lasted for because obviously like i was so young and i didn't know sense of time back then i would have this dream that basically my mom myself and like the members of scooby-doo were going into like this haunted (laughs) mansion and we were like investigating like the typical episode And the entire house was, like, trying to murder my mother. And, like, that scared the absolute shit out of me. Because, like, I love my mom. Like, she's one of my... She's literally my best friend. And so, like, I would wake up crying. And then sometimes the Taco Bell Chihuahua would be there. Like, I don't remember... Girl, you had Taco Bell in the brain at a very young age. (laughs) All I remember is like the statue the like armored statue suit of armors guy would always be trying to kill my mom and like other like little traps would be trying to kill my mom and i would wake up screaming and crying every single night and i'm pretty sure my parents like were over it and was probably should have stopped me from watching scooby-doo but i love that show (laughs) so i did not like mom or scooby-doo probably but I continued to watch it. I don't really remember dreams. I did have a few. I did have a really freaky dream, but I kind of, it's too long to tell right now. So I want to save it for a later time. And I don't even know if I want to say it because it freaked me out so bad. But one of the scariest things that happened to me that wasn't a dream was in one of my favorite apartments in the city. I was sleeping in bed. My ex was to the other side of me. So I was just laying there. And all of a sudden, I felt like someone pushed me. Like I, I was kind of conscious and I felt someone push me and I, and then this, a lot of people laugh at this part, but then it's creepy later on. I felt someone like blow a raspberry in my face, like the, <laughs> like right in my face. But I've, I, I, I like seriously like sat up and thought someone was in my room um, and I just couldn't fall back asleep. And then my mom called me and she said, you will not believe what happened to me. And I was like, what happened? She's like, in the middle of the night, I felt someone push me and blow a raspberry in my face. And that was before I even told her what happened to me. 
Oh, I remember you telling me this. So then I told her and she freaks out a little bit with that kind of stuff. She's like, oh, it must have been the wind. I was like, no, there was something definitely more to it. And how was it the wind in our bedrooms? At the exact same time in two different cities. Like there's no. Right. Like, come on. Right. So that that's the one I can remember the most. Well, there's another creepy sleep story, but that's the house explosion one. And that's oh, going to be a part of my paranormal story episode. For sure. so. Yeah, that one needs to be saved um, for that. Yeah, so that's the one I can like kind of think of off the top of my head. But yeah, and then one more creepy thing. This is the creepiest thing I've heard all week. Carol Baskin is on Dancing with the Stars. Yeah, also, did you hear that her ex-husband's family like bought <laughs> commercial time? Which in Florida. I, I totally, like, I'm baffled that Dancing with the Stars picked her. I'm not considering I'm not but I'm like come on she's under investigation for murder right now like why the fuck would you put her on TV these are the reasons why I'm not shocked they had Sean's controversial people in before like Sean Spicer Bristol Palin granted I've never watched the show I really know I've never gotten into the show I've only seen it at my grandma's house because she used to like it but now she doesn't even watch it and the other reason why I think she's on that show is because who I, I I kind of forgot Dancing in the Stars was on. Mm-hmm. And they're on their like millionth season. So they need a ratings boost. Like, I guess they swapped out their original host, Tom Bergeron, yeah. for Tyra Banks. Tyra Banks, who's also very controversial as well. And um, they put in Carol Baskin for ratings because people will watch her on the show. And I, I watched the clip of her dancing and it was pretty terrible. I forgot to watch that. I and I heard she got a score, the lowest score, and it was 11 out of 30. <laughs> that shot so, have we saw her dancing skills uh and singing skills on tiger king so not shocked whatsoever and she danced to eye of the tiger no the fuck she didn't i sent you the video i didn't watch it i just told you i forgot to watch it i don't watch it bitch i will but i literally didn't have time yesterday all right so and you know, I'm proud of myself. I didn't say Carol Channing. I said Carol Baskin. So look at you evolving. Oh, you know, Carol Channing would never compete on Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> She's dead. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to talk with Laura Stratford about her paranormal stories, but also her sleep paralysis stories. People who are listening who don't necessarily know what sleep paralysis is, it's a state during waking up or falling asleep in which a person is aware but unable to move or speak. During an episode, one may hallucinate, hear, feel, or see things that are not there, including entities or dark figures, which often result in fear. Episodes generally last less than a couple of minutes. A lot of people have seen, you know, dark figures, they've heard voices, they've heard, they've felt dark entities on top of them while they're sleeping while conscious. It's a really freaky experience to go through. Neither one of us luckily have experienced that, but I couldn't imagine going through that. So we're going to jump right into our conversation about sleep paralysis with Laura Stratford. Do you hate going to the grocery store or just don't have any free time to go grocery shopping? 
Save yourself that trip to the market. Instacart delivers groceries in as fast as one hour. They connect you with personal shoppers in your area to shop and deliver groceries from your favorite stores. Check out the Junkyard Divas Instagram account to get free delivery on your first order over $35. All right, so we're super excited to talk to our new friend, Laura Stratford. Hello, Laura. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks so much for having me. So Laura, oh, you're welcome, by the way. So (laughs) Laura and we share a mutual friend with Lizzie or in Lizzie, who's been on our show several times. And she recommended we speak to Laura because Laura apparently has um, experience with sleep paralysis. Is that correct? I do. Um, It's super spooky. And then I also want to share with you guys uh, a, a recent experience where I went to an online Zoom seance. Oh, okay. That's interesting. So first question I kind of have for you is, so I've seen a lot of people who have had like stories on sleep paralysis that believe it's more science-based. It's like you're in between sleeping and um, being conscious. But since you've experienced it, what is your take on it? Do you think it's paranormal? Do you think it's a mixture of both? Or I would, when it happened... I would have said it was 100% scientific. Um, I had recently learned what hypnagogic hallucinations and sleep paralysis were. And that's one of the reasons why, although, as you'll hear, my experience was pretty extreme, um, I was able to pretty much quickly be like, oh, that's what this was, like roll over and go back to sleep. That being said, um, I... I listen to a lot of uh, paranormal podcasts and I love, I'm I'm obsessed with ghosts. And um, Mm -hmm. I watched that documentary about sleep paralysis on Netflix um, about people who have it really extremely. And I don't know, I, there's a part of me that also, while I can understand the biomechanical mechanism I wonder if it's not opening up the radio dial a little bit um, mm-hmm. that, that in that state, sure. The physical thing that's happening is that your body has started to release the chemicals that keep you from acting out your dreams. Um, and that's why you feel like you can't move, but I'm not convinced that you're not picking up any signals. If that, mm-hmm. especially because there are people who have had sleep paralysis far more frequently and with far more regularity than I do. And it's also just really interesting, the consistency with which people experience what they used to call old hag syndrome. And the fact that Mm -hmm. all around the world for thousands of years, people have experienced really similar, not just sensations, but hallucinations. Um, You'd think that there would be more variety if it were just a purely physical thing that an individual brain was trying to interpret. So what was your first experience with sleep paralysis? Yeah, I am pretty fortunate in that I've only had two, but they happened very close to each other and they were very dramatic. So I, this was several years ago. I'm going to say probably eight years ago now. 
which mm-hmm. makes me feel very old. Um, <laughs> but I was living with a roommate and it was a really hot night and we did not have air conditioning. And one thing I have learned is that sleep paralysis physiologically is more likely to happen when you're lying on, on your back. And that's not normally how I sleep. I usually sleep on my side or on my stomach. So that probably is partly why it's less common for me. But this night was really hot and I had a fan on in the corner of the room and I was just kind of laying splayed out so that my fan could hit as much of me as possible. And I was lying on my back and I was in that falling asleep um, time. And all of a sudden in the corner of the room, I heard this man's voice and it sounded kind of like somebody trying to put on a weird voice. Um, And he said, and I thought for a second that it was my roommate because my roommate was a guy but I tried to move I I couldn't move because like naturally I wanted to kind of start and I couldn't move and then I just kind of waited and nothing else happened nobody started laughing because they had gotten me And I started to think about it, and where I heard the noise come from, I had a really big dresser there. It would be really hard for somebody to physically be over there. Um, Because still at this point I was thinking, is this my roommate? And furthermore, like, would he have been able to sneak into what was a pretty small room without me noticing, do that, and then not immediately start laughing as like, ah, I got you. Um, So... Finally, I was able to move. I, you know, I peeked over. Nobody there. It's like, huh, that's weird. But I'd been reading a lot of Reddit threads about sleep paralysis. And so I was like, oh, that's what that was. It was a hypnagogic hallucination and sleep paralysis. Huh, weird. You know, turn around, go to sleep. Next morning, I check in with my roommate. And I said, hey, this weird thing happened to me. And I tell him. And he was like, yeah, that definitely wasn't me. Um, and the funny thing is that that word, Nyarlothotep, is the name of a Lovecraftian beast or like a, an elder oh. god from H.P. Lovecraft's stories. So it was kind of weird occult, but I'd read H.P. Lovecraft's stories. So I knew that. So it's not like it was, it could have just been dredged up from my subconscious. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I go to work, like I tell Lizzie about it. Um, we worked together at Groupon at that time. And she was like, oh, that's so weird. And a couple of weeks pass and Another night rolls around that is very similar. It's very hot out. Again, I'm sprawled out on my back. I've got the fan on. And all of a sudden, in the other corner of the room, and from lower down, like it's somebody squatting, I heard another unfamiliar man's voice. And I can't remember what he said because I was distracted by the fact that my body started to get pulled across my bed. So... I immediately grabbed my sheet over my head and I couldn't move otherwise, but I felt like my legs were getting pulled off of my bed and over toward the window. And I was seeing flashing lights past my, my sheet as well. And if I had been more of an alien oriented person, this is a classic abduction Mm -hmm. sensation. Um, Mm -hmm. It was not like somebody grabbed my ankle and was pulling me. It was like a tractor beam. But I love ghosts. So what I immediately thought was, oh my God, ghosts are real. And as I'm getting pulled, I'm thinking to myself, you are dead. Please leave. You are dead. Please leave. You are dead. Please leave. 
and I'm getting pulled and pulled and pulled over toward the window. And all of a sudden I feel my comforter get snatched off of me and then slowly settled back on top of me and everything stops. And I realize that I am still smack dab in the center of my bed. So I have not actually been pulled and it's a hot night. I'm not sleeping with a comforter. So if there hadn't been two immediate physical evidence things that, that I could point to to say this did not happen, I would swear to you that this had physically happened to me. I, it felt oh my God. physically as though I was dragged half off of my bed toward the window and had all of these things settle on me. But within a few minutes after kind of settling everything down, I realized that that couldn't have happened. And so I was like, okay, went to sleep. Um, and then I I'd told be Lizzie, out of the house. <laughs> well, <laughs> and this speaks to why I was like so much in the kind of scientific mindset at that time. Cause I was just mm-hmm. like, whatever. And I told Lizzie about it and she was like, you have to do something about that. And within a week, her mother had sent her sage and she'd like brought it up <laughs> before, before we knew that doing white sage was appropriative. Uh, but her mom like sent her sage and she came over and we smudged the whole house. Cause it was just like, let's just not, let's not take any chances. Right. Yeah. So when it comes to sleep paralysis, I've read that it's a lot of people could experience it when it, they're in a high state of depression or stress or PTSD or something like that. At that time, were you feeling stressed or depressed or was it just kind of a fluke? No, it it was a total fluke. It was not at any particularly dire time in my life. I've never been somebody who has PTSD or depression, really. Um, Mm -hmm. And I don't recall being particularly stressed. So Hmm. apart from lying on my back, which I don't usually do, um, that was really the only thing that I did any differently than any other time. And then the man's voice you heard the second time, was it different than the man's voice the first time? It was. It seemed like it was less of a, I'm trying to put on a scary voice, but Uh I was also so distracted by the physical sensations that I didn't register what he said. But it was, it was distinctly sounding like he was squatting down low on the other side of my door, um, which was weird. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. scary. Yeah. And then I've also read like stories of like, people who are experiencing sleep paralysis they have like a being like a creature or like a dark figure like on top of them sometimes and like oh my god yeah i can imagine that yeah people will hallucinate at the same time and like the traditional thing you'll feel is either an old woman a a witch like pressing Mm -hmm. on your chest where you can't breathe um for a while they also thought cats would press on your chest um whether Mm -hmm. or not they were like a witch's familiar um, but those are two really common things to experience with sleep paralysis. Well, Liz saw something weird last night when she was sleeping. That- yeah, kind of. So <laughs> I don't know exactly what it was. So I normally, I don't sleep with my door open, but like we have had the air off cause it's been kind of cooler, but it still gets hot in the house. So I slept with the door open so that like my fan could get in some of the cold air and my bed is like on 
the wall like here and the door is like directly diagonal from it and so how I sleep I can see out into the hallway and I like woke up I want to say it was like at 4 a.m and I like was adjusting my eyes and it kind of looked like somebody like was walking down the hallway with like a flashlight like I couldn't see anybody I could just see the like light moving and then I like fully turned over in my bed so I could actually see out into the hallway more and my eyes were just like totally blurry and like yes I wear glasses but they're not that blurry when I'm not wearing them and so I was like "Ooh, this is really weird so I like grabbed my phone to like get the flashlight and I like looked at my phone saw what time it was and then looked back down the hallway and it was like my eyesight was normal and like nothing was there and I was like what was that so that was like we were kind of thinking it's not sleep paralysis with that but what if you're like in a state of being conscious and not conscious at the same time or something you know yeah that's this like hypnagogic and hypnopompic hallucinations are very fancy words for seeing stuff when you are either just falling asleep or you've just woken up um Mm -hmm. but again just because we know that they happen doesn't mean that we know exactly everything that's going on in the environment right So since it's our spooky Halloween series, you said you have more ghost stories you'd like to share. So have at it. The floor is yours. Awesome. (laughs) Well, I don't know if anybody has seen the newly produced horror movie Host, which was made in quarantine. But it the the subject of it is a Zoom seance. So I've seen the previews. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. It's only like 50 minutes long. And it all takes place on a Zoom call. Um, The actors filmed it in their homes. Like, they did an amazing job with the special effects. It's kind of like paranormal activity if there were six screens and you never knew Mm -hmm. which one was going to have something creepy happen. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But the the idea is that they're they're participating in a Zoom-based seance. And I was talking with friends about it and I was like, oh, I want to do something like that. Like taking all the wrong lessons from this horror film. Um, (laughs) And then I realized early in quarantine, I did exactly that. Um, I attended an online medium gallery and got a medium reading from a a psychic medium who is supposed to speak with the dead. Um, So a little bit of backstory. Um, I have a cousin who was a couple of years older than me and a few years ago, unfortunately, passed away. He had health issues his whole life. Thank you. Um, He he had health issues his whole life, but it still was very sudden. Um, There was nothing. We didn't think that anything dire was going to happen. It just like he he woke up one night um, really ill and passed away really quickly. Um, He was young. He was probably early 30s. And... um, he was a very young soul. Um, he was somebody who, even though he was in his thirties, was still into a lot of the same things he had been into when he was in his teens. Um, very into wrestling, and we used to be obsessed with like Indiana Jones, and um, he loved heavy metal music, and just like very much in kind of the like not quite emo, more like skater punk. Mm -hmm. Um, That was kind of his, his thing. And he really liked 
wrestling and he wanted to kind of be a tough guy, but he was a very sweet kind of soft guy. Um, so I had had this, I had um, been on a retreat in January with a friend who experiences things all the time. And I'd been on this walk in the desert where suddenly I just got a really strong feeling of his presence and decided to kind of roll with it and just kind of like talked to him um, out loud um, and, and just had this really nice experience of feeling like that feels like it's not just me talking to myself. That feels like we had a visit. And I talked to my friend who has these kind of things happen all the time. And she was like, oh, yeah, that definitely happened. Um, so this was before the pandemic. Um, and then the pandemic hit. And pretty quickly, there's this woman um, whose podcast I listen to. Um, her name is Adela Levine. Uh, Levine, maybe? It's L-A-V-I-N-E. Adela, A-D-E-L-A. And she... Yeah, she's she's a medium. And she, in response to early COVID and everything, was pivoting a bunch of stuff that she used to only do in person online because lots of people were freaking out. And she was like, I think it would be really helpful for people to get messages from the other side. And um, so she was doing this medium gallery for 25 bucks. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do that. And I'm really, I'm, I know pretty much about cold reading and ways that people bluff and get you to fill in gaps. Um, I have actually sort of studied some of the common ways that people do that, um, either by doubling down on things that are very common or fishing for information or just throwing out lots of different things. And then when you say, oh, yeah, that sounds right. Then being like, yeah, yeah, no, that's right. That's what I said. Um, so I was kind of like aware of that. But, was, you know, 25 bucks, like what can it hurt? And I felt like I'd had this uh, connection with my cousin earlier. And I was like, that would be kind of cool. Um, another thing you should know is three days after we came home from um the last we were in Houston right when all the quarantine was happening. We were at a wedding, mm -hmm. which didn't feel great. And so we cut our trip short, came home and immediately were in quarantine. And within a day, my microwave just blew a fuse and completely mm -hmm. died like nothing. It's dead. It was the over the sink uh, or over the stove microwave. Um, and it was really annoying. We were without a microwave for like four months. But this, uh, so like a couple weeks later, it's April and I attend this medium gallery and there's 25 people on this zoom call. And all that she wants you to say is the relationship of the person that you want to talk to. So she doesn't want names. She doesn't want anything like that. Just like my grandfather on my mom's side. So, um, she gets to me and I said, my cousin on my mom's side, she's like, great. And she said, I have my, my journal here just to make sure that I'm um, accurate. But mm -hmm. uh, she said, okay, I'm getting a really young energy. Um, like somebody who kind of looks like or wants to be like a teen, even though he's older. Um, he keeps showing me a skateboard and stuff that I think of as like cool guy stuff. And I immediately yeah. burst into tears. <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, I'm that's sure. Ryan. Oh um, so... Uh, She's, you know, said some stuff about like how he felt about coming to terms with stuff in his life. And that was really nice. 
Um, she said some stuff about like the way that he passed. She was like, I see a lot of blood. And I didn't really know what had happened. And I, I talked to his sister afterward and she was like, yeah, he woke up vomiting blood. Um, oh. He had a, a stomach mm-hmm. obstruction and he was like sleeping on a friend's couch and just like, um, so it's terrible. Uh, yeah. But um, in happier thoughts, um, he described what it was like being beyond the veil, kind of like logging into the internet, um, like being on the matrix. And he said that he really liked it and he was really good at interfacing. And um, Mm. he said uh, basically that I should be taking the pandemic really seriously Obviously, in April, we were all hoping that things would change fast. Um, And he was like, treat it like the world's on fire and you need to stay safe. Uh, And I was like, okay. Um, She said that uh, he likes to give, he wants to give um, signs through electronics. And um, any big, like, problems with electronics, that was him trying to get my attention. And I was like, well, my microwave just completely blew. And she's like, oh, yeah, that was him. I was like, okay, you don't need to do that again. Um, <laughs> You're great. I'm out of a microwave. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the the last thing that was really interesting is um, at the time I was really questioning whether I was doing, I, I felt like I'd kind of hit a plateau with my job. Um, and I was questioning whether or not I should look into stuff. And in fact, I'd like been going through job coaching and I was really like on a path to find and do something else. Um, and I thought it was going to happen pretty fast. I was like having conversations. I was like really moving in that direction. And she said, uh, he's showing me a really big pause button with regard to work. Um, and said that like changes are going to take a lot longer than you think right now. Um, and here I am, six months down the line, I'm still at my, my job. And in fact, what I was doing at my job has changed and it's a little bit more interesting with me. So now I've stopped looking for a different job at all. Um, mm-hmm. So that was, oh, and also it, that also could have been about, I was supposed to have a musical that I wrote go uh, premiere this fall. And at that time we thought, okay, well maybe we can still, move the spring show that was supposed to happen to late summer and then we'll squeeze in the fall show. And now of course, like musicals are the last thing that anybody's ever going to do. Um, um, singing being that's a pretty super cool spreading. That you wrote a musical. That's cool. Oh yeah. That's, that's my, that's the thing that I love to do. This is actually my fifth. Um, wow. So, but the, the pause button thing could have been about that too, because it was like yeah. all set to go, and now it's like maybe in twenty twenty three. Yeah, yeah, that's so sad. But that's cool. That's a, I'm glad you had that, like that session with the medium. I'm glad you had that, like, kind of closure in a way with yeah. your cousin. You know, it was like you you found out unfortunately how he passed, which might have been a lingering question for you, but also. It was nice. I'm sure it was nice to just feel his presence and get an update on him, you know, on the other side. Yeah. So I think that's and really I cool. Had, I had my skeptical brain on the whole time, but mm-hmm. the amount of energy it would have taken her to try to research us and guess what 
relative people were going to ask her to do. Like, I don't know if even pouring through my social media, you'd be able to figure out that this particular person was my cousin on my mom's side who whatever, whatever. Um, Mm. And she just absolutely didn't have the time to do that. And I wrote down literally everything and not a thing was off. Um, Yeah. Whereas when, when you are, Typically having somebody cold read you, they'll be like, I'm getting a B, a B name. Is there any B? Is there a B? No. How about a V? Maybe I'm, maybe it's a V. Um, And then just like keep doing that. And you're like J and they're like, yes, J, J was it. Yeah. Um, And there was just nothing like that at all. Yeah. And I, I've never seen a medium and, but I would be hesitant to, you know, just like, what are, what are you really trying to do? Are you real or, cause I do believe in mediums, but I feel like there's a lot of people obviously that aren't that claim to be so there's been too many that have been disproven and and that's what kind of makes me skeptical about it especially the ones that are like on tv oh yeah i don't believe yeah yeah um so have you had any other creepy ghost stories you'd like to share or well i'm i'm actually going to be going to another of those uh medium galleries in late september and i think i made lizzie sign up to I, I peer pressured a bunch of people so it's probably <laughs> just going to be my friends and this woman who's in LA is going to be like why do you all know each other um, <laughs> so one other thing I'll mention when I was a kid I'm I'm not a very visual person I don't have an incredibly visual imagination um my imagination is much more around like sound and music mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a musical person person writer mm-hmm. um and there was this one time when i was at a slumber party when i was probably around 10 or 11 um at my friend's house old kind of victorian house in massachusetts where i grew up um slumber parties were hard for me because i have always had trouble falling asleep and it would be even worse there so to always be the last person to fall asleep so it was one of those situations like everybody else had fallen asleep and I couldn't fall asleep. So I was up, I was reading a book and I looked down from the book and I looked across the living room and in a chair across the way from me, I saw fade into existence, a little girl in a red dress with long, dark hair that looked kind of Victorian. And then she just kind of faded out. And I wasn't scared at all. I was just like, huh. And then, like, went back to my book. Um, uh, once again, I'd be out the door. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I don't think that the house was that old, but, like, who knows? And I, I never, I didn't say to any of the girls who, who were there. Um, and it didn't frighten me at all. I kind of assumed that I was dreaming or something. But it was something that has stuck with me because it's unique. It Nothing like that ever happened again. And I'm really not somebody to have any kind of visual hallucinations or anything. Um, even as you guys heard my sleep paralysis story, unlike people who have seen stuff, I was much more hearing stuff and feeling stuff. So, yeah. Well, that's really creepy. I mean, those are really, really interesting stories and I'm so glad you came on to share it with us. Like those are so yeah. cool. Thank you guys for having me. I'm so excited yeah. to hear. Lizzie has some amazing stories. Um, I will say I, I will embarrass her for a second. So I've okay, known Lizzie. <laughs> I've known her since 
what, 20, I don't know, like going on 10 years at this point. And fairly early, we bonded over a like love of ghost stories. And years into our friendship, I was with her and her parents. Um, she was living in Pullman at the time. And this theater company we had both kind of helped out at various times was doing a Halloween moving show where it was all based on um, scary stories from Chicago. So it was like H.H. Holmes and the devil baby of Hull House and Resurrection Mary. Um, And it was an outdoor moving performance. So you would go to these different locations and see them act out these various scary stories. So it was like super up our alley. Yeah, it was great. (laughs) And it was my first time meeting her parents and we got along great off the bat. And I was telling her mom how I was so excited about this because I love ghost stories. And she was like, oh, has Lizzie told you about all the stuff that she's experienced? And I was like, excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) Lizzie had not mentioned a single experience to me in like years of friendship, knowing that it was the thing that I like was obsessed with. Yeah. So Mm -hmm her mom made her tell a bunch of stories to me at that moment. And uh, she's had a couple of, of weird things happen even recently. So uh, I hope that that's oh, she a good. Has. I I'm an ask her, her. Ask her what's been happening. Ask her about the man in the closet and ask her about oh. the spiders. Oh, oh, she didn't tell and me then, any of that. And then ask her about her family friend when she was a teenager. She told and me about that one. Yeah, and then if you have time, ask her about um, the man she saw on her ceiling. At her childhood home? Yeah. Yeah, I think she told or me about that one, too. the yard sale story, either one. I don't know about the yard sale one. Um, but, I need mean, um, the same one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. is it the same one? Okay. Lizzie and I were walking. I live right next to the... Which... It's a old German cemetery... What Saint neighborhood are you something. in? I'm in Andersonville. Um, you know what? I used to live in Edgewater, so I think I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, the the cemetery that's right at um, Lawrence and Clark. We it's were going really for a... One. There right. are a couple. Um, yeah. That one, I think, is the one where Marshall Field is, closer to Irving. Okay. Um, this yeah, one's yeah. A, just like one, one block. But um, okay. we were going for a walk because we could be nice and spread out and have our masks and everything. And we were walking and all of a sudden Lizzie just stops and turns around and goes, stop it. And then we kept walking and I was like, you okay? And she was like, I kept hearing footsteps and I need them to stop. Okay. "Okay." That freaking happened with me and Lizzie together too, because in January I went to Boston for a work trip. We all went and then me, Lizzie and a couple other of my friends were in Salem and we were on a ghost tour. Yes. And Lizzie cracked me up because like, Lizzie's one of my favorite people all the time because she just is so cute and just like funny. And I just like, yes. I, it was just a total Lizzie moment because we're literally outside Allison's house from Hocus Pocus, which is yes. one of the most haunted houses, one of the haunted houses on the tour we stopped at. And she kept like, I looked over and she kind of looked like unsettled a little bit, but I was like, oh, maybe it's the ghost stories that we're hearing that's freaking her out. Literally two hours later, <laughs> she tells me outside that house, she's like, yeah, I heard footsteps and people talking behind me. I was like, why didn't you tell us with like the ghost tour and everything? She's like, I didn't want to make a big deal, but I kept turning around and thinking people were behind me. 
I was just like, oh my God, I wish you would have said something. You know right. what? That actually reminds me of one other story. If we have, Ooh, like go, a for it. go for it. Go for it. Yeah, um, go for it. So my friend Annalise was in a First Folio show. Um, First Folio Theater Company produces at this historic estate in the suburbs, right across from the Morton Arboretum. And the guy who owned the estate um, mm. had, like, he he worked with he had some factory or something, and he was like deadly afraid that the union was going to come and like his workers were going to burn down his place. So he had like escape tunnels and stuff. Anyway, the house is supposed to be super haunted. Um, and we, my friend was cast in an Edgar Allan Poe moving play similar to what Lizzie and I had gone to where um, half of it was about Edgar Allan Poe's relationship with his wife and half of it was reenactments of his stories. And the tour, the guide would split you into two groups and you would kind of experience all these different scenes and then all come together for the end. Um, and I knew that this house was super haunted. So I was like, I hope I see something. I hope something happens. Um, and I was very disappointed because nothing was really happening as everything, you know, I, I was enjoying the performances, but nothing mm -hmm. was really happening. And at the very end, we were sitting with all of the audience members had our, were in a straight line in the middle of the room. And then there's another line on the other side with everybody. So two rows, but with our backs to each other and the action was happening all around us. And this is a show that they've done like five times or more at this place. They've done it all the time. Um, and the guy who was playing Poe starts to recite um, the poem Annabelle Lee, uh, mm -hmm. I was a child and she was a child and there's something by the sea. Um, and I was watching him do it and I could hear somebody like barely whispering along, almost like they were just kind of unconsciously mouthing along. And that's a pretty famous poem. So I was like, oh, somebody like memorized that for their English class. And I thought it was funny. So I was like starting to try to look around and it was a little hard to see because we were all in a line, but nobody's mouths, uh, lips were moving. And I, as I was looking around, I was still hearing it. And then mm -hmm. as I like could tell that nobody, nobody's lips were moving, it stopped. And I was like, huh. Um, especially because that house has heard that poem many times. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I don't have like authorization fully to tell this story, but I'm going to anyway. Uh, because I don't think she'll <laughs> mind, but my, my dear friend who was in that production had her own ghost encounter while she was rehearsing it. Um, she was playing Lygia, which is one of his stories about like a bride who gets a wasting illness and dies and then like comes back to life later on. So she was playing that role and they built this giant bed where they pulled the covers up over her and she could actually kind of curl up in a ball down. There was like a hollow corner where she could um, inch herself down and curl up into a ball and it would make it look like all of a sudden the covers had just gone flat and there was nothing in the bed. And then later on in the scary part where she comes back to life, she would emerge from it and crawl back out and lie down there. So it would look like suddenly there's a figure in this bed that was empty. Um, mm. Cool effect. But it was previews and she 
they were performing for an audience one of the first times they had and she had kind of gotten to the point where she was curled up in the little foot of the bed cubby when an actor in a different scene had a very minor accident like fell off of a little ledge and the um product the stage manager yelled hold for everybody just so that they could all make sure that that person was okay So my friend is like curled up in this little thing and is like, has no idea what's going on. How serious is it? And she felt a reassuring hand, um, like put pressure against her on the outside of the bed. Like somebody was just like, Hey, it's going to be okay. Um, and she was like, Oh, thank God. The stage manager is just letting me know everything's fine. And very quickly they were like, yeah, we're good. Start it back up. She runs the rest of the scene and comes backstage and she goes up to the stage manager and she's like, Hey, thank you for giving up the, the little reassuring hand. That was, uh, you know, I'm glad to know that nothing serious happened, but that did make me feel better. I was in kind of a weird position there. And the stage manager said, what are you talking about? You were on stage in front of an entire audience of people. They would have seen if I had crossed on stage, like that. I didn't do that. Oh, geez. That's, oh, that's spooky. That is spooky. So I was on Facebook the other day and the, your, um, the thing that you went to with Lizzie kind of reminded me of this. There's like supposedly a museum of like the paranormal that's coming to Chicago. Yes. And I was trying to look into it, but they kind of made it seem like it's also a haunted house. And I was like, I don't do that, but I want to yeah. go to the museum, but I don't want the haunted house aspect. So I'm like... I want to go though because they have like interactive exhibits and everything like that. But I'm like, I don't want these people to like pop out of the corner at me. I just want to look at the stuff. <laughs> yeah. I've heard of that. I think like they have like a, a roving exhibit mm-hmm. of like paranormal and haunted objects. I keep teasing that I'm going to like get an eBay haunted doll or something. Uh, <laughs> I'm just Good luck with that. <laughs> My fiance is not into ghosts at all, which is probably very like healthy that he's not because like, it helps keep me from going off the deep end. Lizzie and I keep joking that at my wedding, I'm going to hire her to just wear like a tattered <laughs> gown and just appear in the edges of all of our photos. Yes. Just like a little... <laughs> I could totally see her doing that. Have you seen oh, the yeah. like wedding photo shoots where it's like at C- Camp Crystal Lake and they're yes. like have Jason in the background? I love that. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, like with me, when I was saying like when you're telling your ghost stories, I'm like, oh, I'd be right out the door. I do love ghost stories and I do love this like learning about paranormal stuff and spiritual. I just get scared easy when I'm in those situations because yeah. I've had a lot of paranormal experiences. So my first instinct is to get out of there. But I feel like... <laughs> I just I get I geek out over it too so I totally understand where you're coming from because I think the paranormal world like the spiritual worlds and the living worlds coincide with each other and it's literally just a veil you know there's mm-hmm. it's they're here with us you know I don't feel like there's some off on some other planet or you know like you know what I mean it's just like off on this off this world they're here too so I feel mm-hmm. like learning about it is really interesting to me yeah and I feel like there are a lot of people that are more sensitive to it than right. others because I feel like I feel like the sensitive ones tend to like bond with each other because like they just like I don't know how it is but we always find each other <laughs> because we yeah. all become friends and everything and like 
I know like, they're both very sensitive. Yeah. And like, I will have just like moments where I'm like standing in a new place and I'm like, hair's like rising mm-hmm. and I'm like, there's something here. Mm-hmm. Not very often do I see anything. Luckily, I think they know that I'm not one to approach. Yeah. Um, but like every once in a while, like I'll see a shadow or something and mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, I know you're here. You don't need to make yourself very aware right. to me. Like I can yep. feel you. That's all we need. <laughs> it's such a good icebreaker to ask people if they've ever seen a ghost because most of them will have some kind of story of like, mm-hmm. no, I don't, you know, even if they're like, no, I don't believe in that. Why would you believe in that? Like you've got a conversation going, but sometimes people will right. come out with just unreal shit. Yeah. There's some yeah. crazy stuff that come out. We have a whole episode coming up dedicated just to my experiences because <laughs> I've had so many. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't wait. But yeah, we would love to have you back on. And maybe when you and after you and Lizzie do your online thing together you can you can both come back on and tell us what happened (laughs) yeah that would be wonderful i would love that that'd be really fun that'd be really fun well is there anything you want to um well your show got a little postponed but do you want to share everybody do you want people to find you on instagram or any social media or yeah um so i actually do have something that's out right now uh i wrote songs they're basically um, adaptations of Hamlet soliloquies into indie girl with a guitar country songs yes. for a podcast. Yeah, the podcast is called Arden, like the Forest of Arden, A R D E N. It's season two, and it's an adaptation of Hamlet set in a ranch in Montana. Um, it's a true crime esque uh, audio fiction podcast. Um, mostly comedy, although Hamlet will get dark, but, uh, the way that they decided to handle the soliloquies is, um, songs. And I wrote nine songs for this season, um, based on Hamlet soliloquies. The first half of season one is out. So the first six episodes are out with four of my songs so far, and, um, they are recording, the rest of the season now so you can find me at at lc stratford stratford like stratford upon avon lots of shakespeare tie-ins in this episode <laughs> um, <laughs> that's on instagram on twitter i'm at laura stratford i got in there early Okay, well, thank you again to Laura for coming on. She shared some really interesting stories that freaked me and Elizabeth out. We're scared as hell. Yes. My mouth was basically just wide open the entire time. She looked like Ghostface. I did. (laughs) (laughs) I thought she was going through sleep paralysis while we were talking about these stories. (laughs) Yeah, because I was just like here with my mouth like dropped wide open because I was like, oh, shit. I should have apologized to Laura because I was making some faces during it. Like, oh, like cringy, like, or not cringy, but like squinching my eyes. And I was like, oh, because the one with her, with her legs being pulled to the side of the bed really scared me. Like, Same. I was like, oh, my God, because that's one of my biggest, I don't want to say it out loud, but that's one of my biggest fears is to be like dragged. While you're like dead ass asleep. Or yes. like half awake. Yeah, no, that's like anytime that happens in like a scary movie that 
freaks me out more than like people popping up on the screen and you know how bad that freaks me out i know well check us out on friday as our halloween series continues so on friday (laughs) on friday we have roz dress who has her own show um called ghosted where they bring on people to talk about the paranormal and then also my other best friend who's been on several times michael snyder is returning on friday to tell his spooky stories that he's been experiencing lately these are recent stories he's been experiencing in the hospital he works at so it's gonna be very spooky Ooh, i'm scared yeah so but you know the drill black lives matter black trans lives matter don't forget that LGBTQ plus rights are human rights. Release the innocent children at the border. No child deserves to be separated from their parents or locked in a cage. Vote, people. Vote, 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 vote this November. Because if you want to see a big horror story, that would be Trump getting reelected. So we can't go through that again. I want to add something. Did you see that he made a statement saying that trees are known to just randomly explode and that's what causes forest fires oh yeah i saw that that's please people vote this idiot out of office i'm tired of this motherfucker i swear same um but we promise not to get political this halloween season but you know we're gonna have to a little bit um and then check liz and i out on instagram i'm trev george liz is oh my god it's lizzie 101 omg it's lizzie 101 check out junkyard divas on instagram and facebook and soon twitter whenever i have time to do that um, and we will see you this Friday. Wah, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> you sound like Count Chocula. <laughs> I know. I was just like, I sound like the freaking Sesame Street. Oh, the Sesame Street, not Count Chocula. That's a fucking yeah. cereal. What am I talking about? <laughs> All right. We will see you Friday. Ha, 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 ha.